how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. USS Callister is the first episode of the fourth season of Netflix's Black Mirror. The episode follows Robert Daly, played by Jesse Plemons, a reclusive programmer and co-founder of a multiplayer online game. But the overlooked designer takes out his frustrations by copying his co-workers' DNA to create digital clones of them in the fictional world aboard the USS Callister. In this interview, cinematographer Stephen Pearson tells us about the basics of what it's like to be a cinematographer. Specifically for this episode, Pearson and director Toby Haynes discuss the two worlds of Daly's life, the different tones aboard the spaceship, and how they try to use the different worlds of Star Trek, such as the original Next Generation and the newer J.J. Abrams version. Also, Pearson discussed breaking into the business, the importance of who you know versus what you know, how to make connections, and how to progress together along with their last-minute decision to include a Breaking Bad reunion in the episode. I think it was more about getting into making film, I think. You know, I just, uh, I, uh, cinematography sort of came along the way. I, I, just, I just knew I wanted to have a go at being in the film industry, and then along the way I, I sort of I found out I had a knack for... Um, for, uh, for cinematography, so so I I, I stuck with that. Uh, but you know, I, I you know, the more I do it, the more I enjoy it. You know, it's 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 a, it's a fantastic position on a on a film crew. A lot of our listeners and, and interviewees or or uh, screenwriters and, and directors. Um, where, where do you kind of begin as a cinematographer? Do you kind of show up with the reel? Do you make connections with directors? How did you first break into the business? So, yeah, it's a tricky thing breaking into business. I mean, I think I think it's um, it, it is it's very much a case of who you know rather than what you know. Uh, you, you know, in, in in the beginning, and it's a lot of knocking on doors and a lot of you know being turned down. I, I was very lucky in in my instance. I was uh, in in Denmark. I, I I did a film course, so you know, which you could get into, and then out of the film course, you know, I made friends, and and there was a great place and. Copenhagen, where they made short films, and and I sort of just hung out at that place where the short films were made again, and then you suddenly got involved, and more people were you know interested in it, you know, and and you and you ended up working on films and small projects, you know. But it was all about the interest. You were sort of just pulling you in there, and then and then along the way, you know, 
you progress together and, and you make it into the real industry. So as a cinematographer, what's it kind of like day to day for you on set? Are you are you piecing together, you know, pieces for the bigger picture? Or are you mainly focused on what's happening right in front of you? Are you are you there kind of helping with, you know, how they're setting up the storyboard and that kind of thing as well? Yeah, it's it's multifold, and also it sort of depends on the project and depends on the director. I think very much. You know, sometimes you know you only want to, you know, sometimes. They they want a big input. They want they want they you know they they want you to do a lot. And sometimes you know they you turn up the storyboard's already done. You know they just want you to do the lighting and and do the technical bits. So uh, but the jobs I enjoy the most is is where it's collaborative and and where you can you know you you watch a scene together and you you make it happen. You know you sort of uh, you know you work out what how 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 should you break it down? How should you shoot it? You know and and also in the early stage when it's a, a complicated project like the you know USS Callister, you know you would you know you 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 you're involved early on with the storyboard. You sit down with the storyboard artist and you you sort of piece it together and work out how you know how how you know what what is the best way to tell the story. You know so so all those things and then of course there's the the whole you know technical side of you know making. You know, again, on US Callister, we were, you know, we had this huge spaceship to light, you know, and, and uh, you know, we've, we've obviously, you know, the art department is doing a lot of the designs, but you have to sort of get involved in how it gets lit, you know, what, you know, how, how you know, what colors should, should, should come through, you know, the, the uh, you know, all the light sources and all that kind of stuff, you know, you, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of input that you have in, in those, uh, you know, on those part of things as well. So for this episode specifically, what were some of those first conversations between, you know, the real world where we see his day-to-day life versus the fantasy world? What were, obviously, color is a big thing. What were those conversations like? Uh, it, it was, yeah, it's, it's how, how do you establish that? How do you convince, you know, how do you tell an audience that you that they are in the fantasy world and how, how do you know you're in the real world? We sort of broke it down and we we went very, very sort of primary colors, you know, very strong colors in the in the in the fantasy world. And then and then when you're in the real world, it's sort of, you know, it's 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 a bit more drab. It's a bit more, you know, well, we sort of we went for this sort of more greeny sort of matrixy, uh, you know, matrix when you're in the, you know, in the matrix from those films, you know, that kind of look a little. Yeah. So a little bit off color uh, and a bit more gray. So. You know, I guess there was, you know, those were some of the decisions that we made early on. We also, we also had within the spaceship, we had lots of different modes. You know, we had the, uh, you know, the main, you know, 60s spaceship mode. We had, oh, we had the original, you know, 60s in the past mode, which for you know the four by three, uh, you know, spherical lenses, all that kind of stuff. And then you sort of move your way through, you know, your normal, you know, your sort of game game. World, and then you have the offline world, which is the, you know, we call Tron style, you know, so, you know, like the movie, uh, recent movie Tron, you know, it had the very sort of cold blue look. And, and we thought when, when all the, when, when Daly is not in the spaceship, you know, that's, that's what that should feel like. There should be no color, you know, it should just feel that sort of blue uh, you know, empty, you know, the uh, sort of cold light. Uh, and then at the end, of course, you get to uh, the J.J. Abrams uh, version of, 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 of the spaceship. And, you know, you've got flares, you've got, you know, your teal and orange, you know, sort of modern, modern filmmaking, action filmmaking uh, uh, colors and, and style. 
So do you guys kind of just talk out these, you know, situations, or do you actually go back and watch old Star Trek episodes? Do you look at steals and compare the differences between the variations? Uh, we we watched a lot, absolutely. You know, it was it was actually interesting when we when we were gonna to, we were going to do the episode, the first the opening. We were sort of very nervous about how to open it, and we wanted to make it exciting. And we thought we we're going to shoot this on Steadicam. We we're going to you know move around, and it said it sort of said in the script that it was supposed to be 60s retro feel, and and we but we sort of struck that idea quite late that uh, maybe this should be. Maybe this should feel like the original spaceship, you know, or the original Star Trek show, you know, the actual 60s version. So we started watching that, and you know what? And we sort of thought, you know what? That's it. That's what it should be. And then then we went for that. We locked the camera down. We went for those very sort of hard light sources, you know, the eye light, you know, the uh, the the big sort of uh, soft soft effects filter for the for the lady act actresses and stuff. So all that kind of stuff, you know, it all had to. You know, fit together. So, so when we got to that point, we we uh, we we watched the originals, and we watched uh, you know we watched J.J. Abrams Star Trek. We watched the uh, the, the the first films with uh, William Shatner. You know, maybe not 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 all. We not maybe didn't watch all of it. You know, but we watched you know segments and parts, and and we sort of took away from that what we needed. You know, like what how did they do adventure scenes? How did they do you know how did they color it you know how, how you know how did they shoot action and stuff and we've sort of took that in and, and and made that part of our process so there's all there's the obvious you know parallels to star trek uh this came on netflix i think back in december what do you think is besides the nostalgia of the old episodes and things like that is there something else that you've noticed that's so encapsulating about this about this episode i feel like everyone who's seen the series will remember this in one of their like top five is there something else that really makes it shine I, I, well, I think there's a few things, you know. I think, I think it's it's. Uh, well, I think one of the one of the few things that you know that rarely happens in Black Mirror is that you have a happy ending, or you know, at least you know it's you know as happy as it gets in Black Mirror, you know. So uh, uh, you know that I think that I think that makes an impact, and also I think that's why it works so well because you're sort of expecting it to end horribly because that's what happens in all the other Black Mirrors. So you're sort of waiting for their doom, and then when it has, doesn't happen, they you know they go out. You go, wow, wow, I'm really happy. You know, I, I you know I, I was ready for the demise. You know, and 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 uh, so so there's a relief. I think I think that's that's a big impact. I'm sure. Uh, I think I think the there's a the whole thing about you know the. Uh, you know, the Me Too thing that happened, you know, during, you know, this year, uh, you know, I think I think that that awareness of, of you know, the, 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 you know, you know, the female protagonist or, or the, you know, that sort of uh, hostile male dominated work environment and stuff. You know, I think there was a, a lot of threads there that, you know, sort of, that probably ticked, you know, a, a few sort of threats and you know, what what's going on in the current, you know, in, in our times, you know, so. Yeah, that that's what I've sort of has gleamed so far. You know, I'm sure there's other other things that people have latched onto. Uh, and then you know, we just got a, a great cast. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a spoiler before uh, this next part, but there is something at the end where we hear um, this voice come on, and a lot of people will recognize it's the uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Was it? Was there any talk on set that that was meant to kind of? Kind of connect those two back with Jesse Plemons and and Aaron Paul. Was that was that ever talked about on set or anything? Uh, but it, that was a very late decision. You know what? We should get uh, 
you know, we can get a voice here. We can get someone, you know, we can get someone special. And I think the casting or someone, someone knew Aaron Paul and just gave him a call and asked if he was off for it. I think, you know, that's, that's how it went down, you know. So when I was in post, you know, I was a surprise to everybody else. So I just got a couple more for you. Um, so you worked with director Toby Haynes before. Do you guys try and work together as often as possible? Is there a, a, a special kind of flow you have, or what was that relationship like on set? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, we we, we met at uh, at film school. This is which was like sixteen years ago now, and uh, and uh, the, you know it's not every project, you know, but we we try to do it as much as possible. We have a you know, so it, it was a friendship first, you know, and then. You know, and then we started making films together, and and it and, you know it just really works. You know, we've we've got a really good working relationship, and you know, good friendship. So you know, it, it happens before you know, uh, on set and outside of set, and you know that works really well for us. So in the last like twenty years or so, things have gotten more and more intense with how well they can do special effects. How has that kind of changed your do- job? How does that uh, maybe change how you plan a shot or a scene? Well, my job's got a lot easier, I think. You know, you, you, you know, you, you had, in, in the past, you had to, you know, you had to be extremely careful. You had to be very, very precise, but, you know, and, and when you had to do a visual effect, you know, the visual effects device will come on and would tell you exactly how you had to do it, you know, and there was no, you know, you had to lock the camera or, you know, whatever you had to do, you know, you had to completely stick to his, you know, restrictions. And I find, you know, that, has loosened up a lot more, you know, they, they, they can really be super fluid and, and, and also like in, you know, in the, in the budget that we're dealing with, you know, when it's television and stuff, you know, they, 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 you know, they're, they're able to sort of keep up and, 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 you know, deal with it in a way how, how they would on, on, on bigger projects as well, you know, so, so I, I find it, you know, extremely, you know, I just, a lot, you know, you, you just don't have to be, as precise as you need it to be, you can be much more flexible on set. And that's a, you know, that's, that's a great gift. So a lot of the story either takes place on the ship, which is a set they built or like on this other planet. Do you have a preference between being on set and off set or do you, you just kind of like the variety or are there different challenges between each? Oh, I love the variety. I love the variety, but you know, that was an amazing set. You know, that was absolutely fantastic. You know, they did such a brilliant job on it. Uh, yeah, I, I do, you know, I have to say, I, I do enjoy the control of a set, you know, where you sort of know that, you know, nothing can sort of go wrong. You don't have to worry about the elements. Is the sun going to be out today? Is it going to rain? You know, is it going to be windy? You know, you don't have to worry about that. It all is taken care of. You can control everything. Uh, but then there's also, you know, the joy of being, you know, of, of the spontaneity of location where you don't know exactly what you're going to get, you know, but you, you know, but you strive for something and sometimes you get something you didn't expect and, and it might be better than what you, what you, uh, you know, were going for. So you've certainly made a career in doing television work. This episode really feels like a movie, though. Are you looking to possibly branch out into movies in, in the near future? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. You know, that, that'd be amazing. You know, you sort of have to wait for the opportunity. I know, I know Toby's had, had a few sort of, you know, feelers out for films, you know. So, so if one of those happened, that, that would be amazing. But, you know, I, I, I am I'm certainly trying. You know, that, that's, um, that's where I'd like to go. Well, thank you for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to say um, about the about the episode or any other future projects you're working on? Uh, no, it did, just that it was a you know total joy. You know, it was it was uh, one of the best things I had the chance to work on. I was very excited about it. You know, fantastic cast. Uh, yeah, at the moment, I'm uh, I'm uh, shooting another show. Uh, I'm doing uh, Les Misérables. Uh, it's got a fantastic cast, and uh, we're shooting. So it's all sort of sort of beautiful period drama. Uh, 1815 to 1830. We've got the barricades. We've got 
Uh, there's no singing in this one. You know, it's all uh, it's just the original Victor Hugo novel. Uh, but it's yeah, we're having a, a brilliant time making that. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Kerry Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.